This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy Memorial Day weekend. My name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. Hopefully everybody is getting out there and celebrating this weekend with their family and friends, their loved ones. Uh, do you guys have any plans? Are you? Is there any traditions in your family surrounding Memorial Day weekend? Let's see. The tradition as of late for the last few years is to help our kids with their final school projects as school end uh, is right around the corner. That's no fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough when you got uh, kids in junior high and high school. But um, I'm excited because tonight Jennifer and I are going to Ascend, which is that restaurant in Bellevue at the top uh, on the 31st floor. And it has uh, 360 degree views of uh, the whole Puget Sound area. Very high-end, known for its steak and sushi, and probably one of the best uh, wine, champagne, and uh, cocktail lists in the entire state. So we're very excited to go there tonight with friends and family, okay. and I'll report back to you next week. It was an auction item we bought at the James Beard auction, oh, so it's a nine-course cool. nine meal paired with cocktails, wines, or drinks for uh, each of the nine courses. Wow, that is epic, but... Yeah, that Incredible. makes up for the extra schoolwork you have to help. I was going to yeah. say you like you earned that after all the all the helping with projects. Well, for me, it kind of just signifies that summer is right around the corner, and I mm-hmm. love that. It's just I, in high school we used to go camping a lot with our different families, and it was just kind of the kickoff to the summer, and I just love that feeling. And some of the topics we're going to talk about today are sort of also thinking with summer in mind and summer right around the corner. So that's pretty exciting, right? And we've even gotten some good weather in Seattle. Normally we joke that it doesn't start till July twenty or July fourth, but I feel like we've already been treated to actually a little bit of nice weather. So that's good. Yes. And Seahawks OTAs kicked off this week. That's always a sign to me that summer's coming exactly. too. So I'm, I'm excited that we, we made it, especially after that February. Yes. That bleak. was. It was bleak. Yes. <laughs> to say the least. What's going on in the headlines this week? Well, we've been watching uh, this trade war with China escalate. Um, this falls in the heels of uh, the trade disputes we've had with Europe now for over a year and uh, some of the trade disputes ongoing with. Uh, Mexico and Canada. Sounds like this week that the Mexico-Canada deal got worked out. But news from Forbes.com, the Distilled Spirits Council says that the tariffs are negatively impacting American spirits. I have friends in the industry that were having uh, contracts to ship to Asia, uh, specifically China, and uh, they've lost those contracts now. And according to Forbes here, the Distilled Spirits Council unveiled its report that says Retaliatory tariffs that began last June have caused now an 8.2% decline in American whiskey exports uh, between last July and November. That's only uh, a handful of months. So an 8% decline in a handful of months is pretty dramatic. That's compared to the same five-month period um, the year prior in 2017. The American whiskey exports are valued at about $1.2 billion now annually. Uh, But the growth rate last year was a third of what it was the prior year. So that uh, is indication that these uh, tariff wars that uh, we're in the middle of are uh, having a real impact on folks. And, you know, it's not just the folks selling the whiskey, but that means the 
raw materials they buy from farmers and others uh, also are impacted. So this is going to continue to reverberate throughout the economy. Is this sort of a cyclical thing that you see, though, where it in the past, just looking at trends in our in our past history, is this something that you see? Like, does the, do industries usually recover? It takes a while. The problem is when you deal with uh, China in particular, if you begin to lose market share as an American-made product, they have replacement products for mm-hmm. almost everything that we make except bourbon. So uh, whiskey, they'll just start to turn to sellers of uh, scotch and Irish whiskey, and whiskey is now coming out of India. Wow. And so if we if we get this tariff war lifted, um, it will be very difficult for the average to lower uh, known brands to begin to kind of regain some of the market share. Because especially in China, once they get liking something or focus on something, it's very difficult for them to undo that. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll keep we'll pay attention to that. What else is going on? Well, out of out of China and now back to the U.S., uh, we've got a company that is going to launch a new flavored alcohol tea in Maine, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. And uh, this brand is coming up with a 4.5% alcohol tea that's a, a mix of Earl Grey. It's got some sugar, and it's got jasmine in it. only has about 3 grams of sugar per can. The brand is called Wandering Whistler. It is an alcoholic tea, and it is going to be uh, hitting the shelves now May 20th and available in bars, uh, mostly in the Northeast. But this is an interesting category because there are not a lot of alcohol teas on the market. It's, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how this gets accepted into uh, consumers or by consumers. Well, kombucha is so big right now, and that fermented tea market seems like it is bigger than ever. And maybe this is just, you know, the next step or an offset of that. So if it's able to catch on, I could see it being pretty popular because it seems like kombucha was the hip. Like LA helped that, you know, the celebrities helped the kombucha movement take off. And I do think there's something with the fermented drinks and the tea, and this says it has really low sugar per can too. People think that they're being somewhat healthy. healthy. Like I'm having a little alcohol, but I'm being somewhat healthy too. (laughs) Yeah, and it also continues that trend of uh, alcohol moving into cans, so it's going to be available in six packs. And finally, what is our final story? Last one. This is a well-known brand, probably one of the most uh, known brands on the planet. It is Coca-Cola, and they are debuting a set of mixers for dark spirits. Now, the classic Coke mixer is going to be Jack with Coke, Jack Daniels and Coke. They have described now their global first in the soft drinks category, four new flavors. Each of them are designed to mix with specific uh, dark spirits to make interesting cocktails. They include the signature uh, mixer smoky note. They include a spicy note. uh, They include herbal, and then they include wood notes. And each of the four offerings has an intense aromatic blend uh, that ranges from smoky to woody. uh, And it's designed for, I think, Coca-Cola to try to regain some additional relevance in the market, both for consumers at home and in the on-premise trade of bars and restaurants, because this is going to open up some really interesting cocktail ideas. Yeah, I I will be intrigued if anybody gets a hold of this or start or has these and wants to review them for us please let us know we should also uh we should do some market some field research as well i'm looking at the one that says it has a combination of lime ginger spicy jalapeno rosemary and jasmine like that 
Yeah, I'd that. be interested to experiment that. with it. That would be the spicy notes one. Yeah, although there's one that says it has a subtle blend of earthy patchouli. That doesn't sound very appetizing Ooh, to me. Yeah, I don't like it as a scent. So no. Yeah, I'm probably out if on that as a, well. If you open a can, I'll leave it on your front porch. It'll probably attract hippies. <laughs> Well, yes, it'll be fun to see if these take off, if they are a new trendy thing in this industry. And speaking of trends, we've got a great article coming up on Cast Club Radio that looks into some of the biggest cocktail trends that you could be seeing everywhere this summer. You don't want to miss it. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks again for hanging out with us today on Memorial Day weekend. We hope you're having a great time celebrating with your friends and family. And we're looking ahead because, to me, Memorial Day sort of sparks the beginning of summer. It's right around the corner. And as always, in our interest in beer, wine, and spirits, we're looking ahead to see what might be a part of the trends that you're going to end up seeing this summer, you might see them on cocktail menus when you're at a restaurant, or maybe these are just things that you notice that all your friends are drinking or at the parties. So I want to make sure you're tuned in to these. This comes from Refinery29, a great article that he put together. Yeah, so this follows on the discussion we had a few weeks ago on the show about the top 10 cocktails in America last year. Uh, we also talked about uh, what some of the bartenders were talking about as uh, predictions for themes this summer. So this is another analysis on that. There's a couple of things on here that were not on the top 10 most ordered cocktails of that we discussed a few weeks ago. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. The first one here, she's, she talks about how the Frosé burst onto the summer cocktail scene last year and because drinkers were enamored with the booze-filled slushy using uh, rosé wine, and uh, thus the term frosé. I was at a trade show recently where the uh, frozen slushy wine craze has really picked up among bars across the country <laughs> and restaurants, so it's perfect heading into uh, the summer. Uh, while that pink drink stayed trendy for a while, last year the Aperol Spritz became the summer cocktail choice. Remember we talked about this specifically yes. about three weeks mm-hmm. ago? I feel like yep. I was seeing them everywhere when we talked about <clears throat> Coachella. They were one of the things that they were several of the different locations at Coachella, which, as we know, is all about trendiness and all about being hip. Uh, I've seen them on reality TV. Exactly. Chelsea Handler is always drinking them on her show. (laughs) So, yeah, Aperol Spritz has taken off last year. Well, in the color, you can see it and say, okay, that chances are that's an Aperol Spritz because of that bright fluorescent orange color of the cocktail. Uh, So it just kind of draws your attention to it. So, you know, seasonal cocktails uh, that become iconic during the summer months, here are a couple of examples of what folks are talking about. So specifically the first one, the Tom Collins. Now, the Tom Collins was not on the list we discussed a few weeks ago. This uh, bartender named Maggie Dandria out of the Hot Tin uh, in New Orleans says that a cucumber Tom Collins she does a, a variation of it with the addition of muddled cucumbers. So you're going to add gin, fizzy lemonade, and then her muddled cucumber. And she says it's easy to drink, perfect for warm weather. Of course, they've got a lot of warm weather in New Orleans. But uh, if you think about when you walk into a, a spa or a hotel and they've got cucumber water in the lobby waiting for you, why not add a little booze to it and some lemonade and make it a cucumber Tom Collins? <laughs> There you go. I always I forget about this drink, and it's funny that it's on the summer list because I first had it on vacation in Puerto Vallarta. But yeah, it's just so refreshing. It really is just like a carbonated lemonade, um, and you can do it with lemonade and soda water, but you can also, we just would use sour mix and soda water sometimes. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. You can do gin, you can do vodka, and um, yeah, just nice and light and refreshing. If you're going camping, you can take uh, a canister of uh, Crystal Light. 
powder. Oh, yeah, wow. powder. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> if you get really desperate. <laughs> or uh, they have the squirt bottles now. <laughs> yeah. A couple of the girls That's at our right. station, they pour those in their vodka sodas Bring all the time. with them, so yeah. So they have the squirt like liquid bottles of Crystal Light. Yep, that's right. Uh, next up uh, is the summer cocktail twisted with local seasonal ingredients. Of course, this is uh, something that's gaining traction everywhere. People want to focus more on local and sustainable. So um, specifically here in our backyard in uh, the Puget Sound, there are a number of farmer's markets that are open yeah, at least once a week, sometimes uh, twice a week in each city. You gather all the local uh, things, maybe it's fruits, it's berries, it's herbs, it's spices. And here they're talking about what I talked about three weeks ago. So take some fresh herbs like rosemary or basil, add a local berry, and you create a house infusion in your home or at the bar. So, for example, in the mojito, which is a classic staple, they are adding uh, minted honey syrup. And they're getting honey uh, that they gather locally, and then they put mint in, and uh, they'll add that to the mojito uh, instead of using sugar in the mojito. So uh, that's one example. Another one is to use uh, sweet vermouth with uh, fresh rainier cherries, as an example, because uh, cherries will be in season here in just a matter of weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this. It's. I feel like it's a part of the Seattle scene to to use fresh local ingredients so much in cooking. But I love that it's making its way into the cocktails as well. That's right. So now the next one. This comes out of a bar in Los Angeles called uh, Commerson, and the bartender is Rachel Paulson, and she actually combines two of the previous things we just talked about. She combines the Aperol Spritz, which is sweeping through L.A. right now, with muddling of additional local fruits or uh, vegetables to bring in sweetness or uh, to accentuate the uh, herbaceousness of the Aperol. So at her bar, they have a spritzer bar, and basically you get to pick your aperitif or your digestif, um, and then you get to pick your fruit, and then they will make you a customized spritzer using the combination of those two. So that's that's going to be very trendy this summer. Nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty delicious. And I like that, yeah, it's you can make it twist, you know, have it fit you. And your your if, if if an aperol spritz is not your your cup of tea, then uh, this can make you also just feel like you have more options. So that's cool. It's like a more refined wine spritzer. Yes, there we go. Yeah, and if you make a slushy out of it, it'd be like an aperol rosé frosé. Yeah, <laughs> get get a slushy machine. Uh, a next prose. up, our gin. Yeah. Prose, there you go. Aprose. <laughs> so I like that. Uh, next up are gin based cocktails. Uh, gin continues to dominate the headlines right now. We're seeing a ton of new craft gin distilleries opening up across the U.S. and uh, surprisingly in the U.K., the home of gin. Uh, lots of new brands over in the U.K. And the uh, consumer interest in gin is rising because there's so many different kinds of gins out there. So gin is perfect for summer cocktails. Uh, you can pair it with uh, unique and flavorful liquors. So uh, this bartender, her name is Sarah Sparks. She's the general manager of the Driftwood Room at the Hotel Deluxe in Portland. She's talking about savory cocktails. So she says uh, with gin, she uh, has a cocktail called Livin' Easy. It combines small batch gin with some sweet tea liqueur. Uh, and then she just said it's great for hot days. So really just uh, gin with sweet tea liqueur. And that will uh, provide a little bit of a sweetness to offset the botanical notes of the gin. Yeah, that mean you're always looking for maybe to incorporate iced tea into anything you're doing in the summertime when it gets so hot out. I know my mom loves to do that. 
Uh, last up on the list here is Akavit. Akavit is that uh, traditional distilled spirits from Norway, uh, typically made with uh, fennel, uh, star anise, and uh, caraway seeds. So it's like a gin, but uh, more herbaceous with no notes of juniper berries. And that's going to start to make its way onto cocktail menus across the country. Right now, Akavit is making a uh, significant comeback uh, as a as a uh, product category. And we're going to hear about uh, some local Akavit coming up, but we're excited because uh, at our Ballard location, uh, which is in the heart of you know what is Norwegian heritage for Puget Sound, uh, we're going to start having Akavit available at our Ballard uh, Heritage Distilling Company location. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty darn cool. And we're going to hear about it in just a minute from Katie Fithian, bartender at Ryder Hotel Theodore in Seattle, Washington. So right here, local, just as you mentioned. Um, that's next on Casco Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now we are joined by Katie Fithian, bartender at Ryder in the Theodore Hotel. Thanks so much for joining us, Katie. Yeah, thank you. How did you get into bartending? There's always a great story behind that. How did you find your way behind the bar? Well, I've been working in restaurants ever since I was 15. I've literally done every job from dishwashing (laughs) to being a master burger flipper. And at 21... (laughs) Uh, at 21, my really good friend, who was um, my bar manager at the time, uh, I was a cocktail waitress, and she was like, "Let's, you seem like you have a good personality for the bar. Let's put you behind here and see what <laughs> see what you can do." So, kind of fell in love with it ever since then. What element about it is maybe your favorite part? Because there's a lot. There's the interaction with people, just as you mentioned, your personality being fit for it. Or there is just the artistic side of it where you get to craft cocktails. Is there one part of being a bartender that appeals to you most? Yeah, actually, I really something that I love about bartending and and just in general, uh, getting to talk with people about their experiences, about making a memory, giving an experience myself. It's a reciprocal interaction I, I find so beautiful at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can we can smell something or taste something um, with food, wine, beverage, and liquor that really resonates with people and is so personal. And me getting to listen to, to that from customers is, I think, one of my favorite parts. That's really neat. I love how you put that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you end up working at Ryder? So I worked at Ryder. Um, I was a part of the opening team. Um, we opened, gosh, a year and a half ago, which is crazy. Um, and I I started there with my with my friend who is a bar manager as well, Ariana Vitell. Um, she recruited me to come and work with the awesome starting team at Ryder, and yeah, it was just history then. <laughs> That's pretty neat. You were in on the the ground floor, so to speak, and a year and a half later, what is the vibe at Ryder for people who have never been in? Um, we'll change that first of all, but uh, what's the vibe like? What can they expect when they walk in the door? So I really love that it's fun and energetic, but also pairs really well with a 
fine dining experience in an unrefined space. So you don't have to be, you can walk in off the street wearing anything and expect really great service and amazing food and employees that just really care about what we're doing there. Yeah, we're all really very passionate about the stuff that Dan is doing in our kitchen, our chef Dan Mahalan, um, he's amazing. He works with all of these local ingredients and it's actually really inspiring. It's a lot, um, it's inspiring for all of us at Ryder to um, really be involved with uh, our local ingredients and knowing where all of that comes from because it's important. Being from the Pacific Northwest is something I really love and I think Chef Dan like pays a great homage to it. I well, I too have worked many jobs in the restaurant industry, and and I've noticed kind of the yeah. same thing that that there's when there's a beautiful chemistry between the head chef and the head bartender, or the, just the kitchen and the bar, it it translates. So you see a lot of a lot more creativity and unique and local ingredients in the bar as well when they're being inspired by the kitchen. So what is your cocktail menu like? Yeah, so our cocktail menu, I totally agree with that. I love. <laughs> uh, Dan's passion and everything else, but um, our cocktail menu is also inspired by local ingredients, but also has a really approachable vibe to it. You can come in for a happy hour cocktail and expect um, a really balanced uh, set of cocktails, so nothing too sweet, nothing too sour, unless you want it to be, but uh, we we aim to serve, and uh, I think our our cocktail menu really is fun and a little bit different, but not too out there. What's one of your current favorites? Maybe it's something seasonal. Maybe it's something you designed just for this particular time of year. What's what's one of your current favorites? Yeah, actually, um, we have a cocktail on our menu called Ballard Locks, oh, nice. uh, and it <laughs> it's it kind of is in ode to Ballard's uh, Nordic heritage and Swedish heritage uh, and Scandinavian. Um, heritage sorry <laughs> uh i really love that ballard locks uses the alborg aquavit um that we've olive oil infused uh or fat washed which is a process of using a fat um from a particular ingredient and making it kind of softening the the spirit uh as it translates so it's alborg Alborg olive oil infused aquavit with maraschino cherry syrup, uh, pineapple plantation rum from Stick and Fancy, and just a couple of bitters. It's super simple, easy drinking. It's kind of like a rum aquavit old fashioned. It's delicious. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Incredibly intriguing. And actually, Aquavit was how we found you. We found a quote, a great quote from you in a Refinery29 article about different predictions for summer cocktail trends that we might be seeing pop up. And yours mentioned that Aquavit might be making its way into menus this summer. Why do you why do you see that happening? I see that happening because Aquavit has this really fresh vibe to it. It's a distilled um it's a distilled spirit that comes from either grain or potato, much like vodka, and is infused with flavors like fennel, caraway, cumin, dill, a little bit of lemon. It's delicious. It's refreshing. And I see it as playing a really big part in what 
summer is all about. You come in for a drink on the side and just want something really nice and refreshing on those hot Seattle days, it's, which is kind of weird to say hot Seattle <laughs> days, but <laughs> there'll be some, we swear. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so you mentioned a lot of subtle notes there. Is that something that you can kind of play with as a bartender and sort of bring those different notes that you mentioned out with different pairings? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with Pacific Northwest ingredients, high level of seafood that we have here. It's amazing how much uh, there is from oysters to halibut to, uh, you know, what the traditional thing from from Sweden is, which is pickled herring. I'm not sure if we can get that here, but it's really, really good for just pairing pairing with fish and oysters in general, and nothing screams summer more to me than those, those fresh ingredients. Um, I think that the subtle flavors, especially of coriander and especially of fennel, uh, are always really fun to play with as a bartender. You can do a lot of different things with it. You could either place it in the middle and build your cocktail through that kind of flavor, or you can add something tropical to it, like mm. uh, like pineapple or mm. coconut. Or There's a lot of stuff that you can do with it, and I think it adds a new element to classic cocktails and tiki beverages that are found all over. Well, well, I'm sure maybe something that people will be requesting at Ryder. Where can people find out more information about coming to hang out with you guys? Yeah, so you can go online. Uh, RyderSeattle.com has all of our information about our hours. We're open from breakfast uh, starting at 7 a.m. all the way to dinner. We offer lunch. We also have weekly um happy hour and also weekend happy hour which you don't find every place and we have an awesome brunch on saturday and sunday so come on in and check it out and you mentioned brunch and we know father's day is right around the corner too probably a good place to bring dad or grandpa or just a special guy in your life yeah i definitely am planning on bringing my dad for father's day so (laughs) i won't be behind the bar but i'll definitely be there (laughs) that's awesome well Katie, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, it is Memorial Day weekend, which means there might be a lot of barbecues, a lot of grilling going on this weekend, hanging out with family and friends. We've got some little known facts about grilling this weekend. Plus, if you're looking for something to do, we also have some ideas in the local Pacific Northwest area. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. In just a few minutes, we've got a great new cocktail recipe or some ideas for you for this Memorial Day weekend. But first, because it is the time when you might get together and start grilling with your family. Maura, you found some just little known facts or some cool information about about grilling. Yeah, I'm a big fan of eating, so I love holidays. Food, that, that you're a huge fan as well. Eating. Yeah, yeah. So I went on, this is from popsugar.com, and they had some, some fun stats. I'm going to quiz you guys a little bit here and see what oh, you know. Oh, I'm ready. If it's a quiz about food, I feel like I'm prepared. What would you say is the most popular food to grill? Pizza. <laughs> no pizza is good. I'm just going to go. It's got to be a simple, it's got to be simple. You know, burgers are big in my family, so I'm going burgers. Justin? Yes, it's got to be burgers or hot dogs. Okay. Hamburgers are the most popular food All right. to grill. 87%. Mm. 
followed closely, though, by steak at 83. Okay, okay. Chicken at 78 and hot dogs at 76. I'm surprised that hot dogs are round out the proteins there. Yeah, that's... And there's no pizza on the list. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's... I, I wonder if um, hot dogs are... In my mind, I buy them a lot other places, but I don't necessarily grill them a lot at home. I make a lot more burgers at home, but hot dogs are like my ballpark food or my, you know, event food Mm. when I'm out somewhere. So I don't generally end up making them as much at home. And I could see also uh, steak seems like something that people would grill almost all year round because they're just making it for their family. They might just be firing it up by themselves. So that makes sense to me too. I wonder if burgers includes the new Impossible Burger, which is the... The vegan alternative that's supposed to taste just like regular beef. Yeah, prob- mm-hmm. I would think so. Let's let's count it. Yeah, yeah veggie burgers. They that's count. The type of burger. Yeah. They count. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited because I got a new Traeger, and I'm going to be oh. using that this weekend to maybe do some smoked chicken or something like that. Ooh. Okay, we need some reviews on that because, yeah. yeah, I've heard good things about those. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. Okay. All right, guys. What would you guess is the most commonly grilled side dish? <sighs> Well, I'm going simple yet again. My mom's from the Midwest, and as she would say it, "carn." So, uh, is qu- my corn is going is what I'm going with. I would think like maybe mushrooms or asparagus. Lydia is correct. It is corn. Oh, Man, corn. I told you guys this is the okay. one skill I have. Food, food questions. Yeah, it doesn't my- have percentages right. on this one though. It just says followed by other vegetables and potatoes. Okay, okay, that count. Yeah. Okay. My mom is amazing, and I love her. And I never thought anybody could be sort of a hipster or like elitist about corn, but because she was from the Midwest and she ate it so much growing up, she immediately we like my dad and I or whoever when we're eating with her we like look to her as soon as she takes a bite because we know she's going to review it and that's one of the things she's the harshest on she's like oh no it's too early for this or this is mm, not quite sweet enough or it's like this is amazing I've never met anybody who's that uh, particular about corn but it happens Lydia's mom the corn snob the corn reviewer (laughs) yes I love it love you mom that's awesome Uh, has she tried they have some pretty good looking corn out at the ballpark these days at T-Mobile I I don't think she has yet but you're right I should probably get her I should probably get her on that get a review let us know (laughs) exactly (laughs) which which do you think is the largest barbecue holiday it's i mean i it's got to be july 4th that's just the day that it's yeah. just everybody gets together yeah. yes it is but memorial day is second really and see that's a then surprise to me i would think labor day because you're in almost the full heat of summer it feels almost like your last opportunity but wow memorial day number two maybe because people are so excited that the summer is right around the corner like school is getting out for a lot of the country. If you live in the Midwest where you traditionally get out around this time of year, you go to school earlier, but you get out around this time of the year. So maybe it's like their kickoff to summer party. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I agree with that logic. And, uh, we'll <laughs> test it this weekend. Yeah. Well, if you're not barbecuing this weekend, and I guess if you're maybe more apt to stay indoors, there is an event going on, Seattle International Film Festival, May 24th through 27th. It's it's ages six and up. Apparently, there's a lot of family-friendly showings, nice. so that's something you can check out. We were we were just talking before we came on the air that there is there is a event that I have never heard of before going on called a goth picnic. Ooh, okay. Um, it's apparently is- in honor of World Goth Day. Gothic Pride Seattle will be hosting a potluck picnic at Woodland Park, and they are asking for people to bring hummus, cold cuts, and dessert. 
That'll be the happiest place on earth. I can't imagine a, a happier collection of people than people who uh, follow the goth trend. Yeah, I, 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 I can't a question. lie and say I know a ton about me the background either. on that, but I, the, the hummus and cold cuts did just make me laugh. I don't know why I just picture, I don't <laughs> know what specific. kind of food, like, yeah. you, but it, I just, yeah, I guess I just picture, pictured something that's darker I, than that. Do you think, yeah. <laughs> do you think that's their way of being funny? Like uh, that's, that's the extent of the humor. Cause you know, most goth people I've met or talked to have no sense of humor at all. Yeah, I, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if part of it is being more serious. I think that's that's the what the the vibe that we get. But I, like I said, I can't say that I know a ton about it. Me either. I don't know. Well, I'd have to go check it out. Yeah. If you're looking for that picnic at one of the park, just look for the black and white gingham picnic tablecloths. There you, okay, there you go. There you go. And then also we have a folklife festival going on at Seattle Center over the weekend. Uh, it says they'll feature compelling dishes, including. Banana leaf tamales, vegetable sambusas, Ooh, and strawberry shortcake. So Ooh. that sounds like a delicious option as well. Banana leaf tamales. Very, uh, we've we've experimented with those in my family. We make tamales every year, and so we experimented. We've done some, and they are they add a distinct taste to it. And if you are a fan of <laughs> tamales, I say go sample those because that it's it's great. It, they're almost a little too sweet for me, but still. Awesome. Highly recommend. Have you ever have you ever tried them with plantain leaves instead of banana yes, leaves? Yes. Yeah. We've made them with a lot of different stuff, I think, in our <laughs> family now. But yeah, I also recommend those as well. I don't know if I have any specific outlet to plug uh, for those, but let's <laughs> <laughs> get out to folk life. <laughs> Well, Our also, next sponsor if you are on Radio would be Plantain Leaf yes. Supplier yeah. in North America. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if you are trying to stock up on some drinks for your Memorial Day barbecues, they should get down to Heritage Distilling because there's some sales going on, right? We do. We've got some tremendous sales in the tasting rooms and a chance to uh, check out the new slushy machines. We've got some new oh, slushy yeah. machines. Uh, with some great slushy mixes, and you get to ask one of our staff to add any number of different alcohols you want, either BSB or some flavored vodkas or regular whiskeys or gin. So uh, stop in and, and load up for your Memorial Day uh, cocktail and barbecue needs. I love it. Well, speaking of those needs, maybe one of them is making a great cocktail, and you guys have an idea for it's kind of a, a different idea for the cocktail recipe this week. It is. We thought if you're going to be hosting people, why don't you make like a full-on, uh, easy-to-mix bar uh, full of options for your guests. And so we have this Memorial Weekend LaCroix cocktail bar. Of course, LaCroix are the uh, sparkling uh, waters, uh, flavored waters in the can. There are stores all over the country. Uh, we've seen major retailers um, and Coca-Cola and Pepsi come out with their own brands like Bubbly and, and others. So what you do is you get... Uh, a series of our different flavored vodkas. They're all naturally flavored and, and uh, beautiful. And you pair them with LaCroix cans. And you set a whole bar up and you let people make their own. So, for example, um, we have mango vodka. And we mix that with coconut LaCroix water. We have blood orange vodka. We mix that with cran raspberry or pamplemousse, um, uh, which is uh, grapefruit. Lavender vodka mixed with tangerine and lemon LaCroix, la, uh, la, the lavender vodka with lemonade is fantastic, uh, and so on. So we'll have a whole list on our webpage, but encourage you to go to heritagedistilling.com, pick out a, uh, any number of different flavored vodkas, pick out some flavored LaCroix, uh, have some fresh lemon and lime wedges at, on the bar, and let people mix up their own just by pouring vodka with LaCroix on ice. I love it. Well, you can also check out past recipes that we've uh, we've talked about here on Cast Club Radio. If you want to look at for something even more specific or ideas for your party, those will be available at heritagedistilling.com, where you can also download episodes of the podcast. 
That's right. And you can email us questions, ideas, suggestions at caskclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. If you happen to get pictures of yourself at the Goth uh, picnic, for example, we'd love to see those pictures. Uh, send us um, posts on Instagram or on Facebook at Cask Club Radio. And as always, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Love it. And have a great holiday weekend. We will see you back here next week. Please be safe and uh, don't drink and drive. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.